Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Just Keep Trying. Today I am here with one of my good friends, Mr. Jason Myers. How are you doing? Very good. Hello. I like how you shook your head. They can't <laughs> see that. She did a little shoulder shimmy as she said, yeah. just keep trying. <laughs> um, Jason has been hanging out in Nashville for... Let's see. Uh, summer of 2014. I moved here July 1st of 2014 from West Palm Beach, Florida. Nice. And he does photography. You might see him at a whiskey jam if you ever head out to those. Uh, he does a lot of awesome things. But go ahead. What are you doing? Yeah, I was say, I'm, yeah that's, my, uh, that's my normal Monday, which sounds kind of weird <laughs> to say that out loud. But yeah, Mondays are a thing in Nashville if you, if you didn't know that. Last Monday was kind of crazy, wasn't it? It was pretty packed. Were you at that one? Very crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I got there a little bit late because I had some obligations beforehand. And So popular um, now, you can't even show up on time. Yeah, I just told Ward, <laughs> I'm like, I'll get there when I need to. Uh, speaking of Ward Gunther, who runs Whiskey Jam. Um, yeah, it was kind of wild. Mitchell Tenpenny, um, who is a local guy, grew up here in Nashville, um, was more or less celebrating his first number one song on country radio and um, was playing uh, Whiskey Jam, which has started to be a thing. Uh, artists that got kind of their start there uh, when they have some success and have a number one song or um, do really well in some capacity, they come back and play Whiskey Jam. So it's, uh, it's a fun full circle um, event. Yeah, that's awesome. And you've done a lot in the past year well just I mean the past years but like this year was a pretty cool year for you yeah this has been a great year um, I guess every year is great that you're above <laughs> dirt um, but uh, yeah it's, it's been a lot of fun a lot of different projects things I um, uh, didn't expect to do things I pushed myself outside of my comfort zone to do um, different personal projects that I um, had been thinking about doing and finally um, had some free time and encouragement to do and try and um, yeah get to the end of the year here and it feels good to get some of those things off my checklist for the year yeah what was your um, top top three things you did this year top three wise? things project wise um, well I, I, that's hard to say I you know every project has its own sense of uh, you know every every project you feel like you've accomplished something whether it's a new for a new client or an existing client or personal work um, I'd say the personal work that I did over this year um, has to be kind of at the top of that list um, and that could be one two and three um, did quite a bit of work with an organization here called creative vets uh, that is run by um, former marine uh, Richard Casper it's a, a, an art program that is um, provided to um, veterans, um, both here in Nashville and in Chicago. And um, when they were here in Nashville, they, uh, the veterans that come to town uh, write a song with Nashville songwriters, and then they come by the studio and I photograph them um, and, and try to help tell their story visually. Um, which is, it, it's actually been very fulfilling um, for me. Um, I, let's see, what else? Um, I shot a lifestyle campaign, uh, which is a little different than my normal work. Um, I'm at my core, I guess I'm 
what you would call a, a portrait photographer. I enjoy being a portrait photographer and having those um, moments with my subjects, but um, I, I get enough uh, interest in my work to do other things in different genres, and lifestyle is definitely something I have a lot of interest in doing and have a lot of uh, people interested in bringing me in, um, but I realized I wasn't getting as many uh, winning bids as I'd like, mainly because I didn't have a lot of that work in my portfolio. So um, just uh, last month, um, my assistant and I um, scheduled, produced um, a personal fall lifestyle shoot, and um, we had models and talent and um, hair and makeup and styling and wardrobe and all those fun things, and we just shot a campaign like someone had hired us to do that and uh, especially in my world I'm told a lot shoot the things that you want to be hired for mm -hmm. and um, hopefully that will spark some more interest um, so that people can look beyond my portfolio look beyond my book of work and go oh well oh I didn't know he could do that right um, and it's done well so yeah and for people who don't know about like bids and, and kind of like the whole photography world and all that can you kind of just give us like a basic yeah I'm not the kind of photographer that you probably know mm -hmm. um, most of and 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 that's because and, and I was in the same boat when I jumped into this world um, most people know photographers as uh, wedding photographers um, couple photographers headshot photographers uh, you know, uh, they know the the very um, um, what would I say the very um, consumer type of photographer, the things that yeah. we see on a daily basis. <clears throat> I'm what I I'm a commercial photographer. Um, I work with um, brands, advertising agencies, magazines, corporations, um, and individual. Entities. Um, I do a lot of music here in Nashville. It's a byproduct of living here. Um, and whether that's for the, the artist or it's for the label or the management company, um, you know, that uh, that's different than probably what most people see. I deal with typically bigger budgets, which means more headaches and more moving parts. <laughs> um, but it's it, it's very fulfilling when you get to put a team together and and see the finished product. Um, but um, yeah, I still shoot for fun. I mean, I still shoot the things that you probably see other people doing. I shoot live music when mm -hmm. I feel like it. Um, it's one of those things that it's 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 hard to make a living doing that. So right. I've kind of just chalked that up as something that I want to do when I want to do it, mm -hmm. unless I have a brand paying me to do it, right? Or or a company. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's it's it's cool to see like that you're still able to do the things that you are passionate about and not that you're not passionate about the things that pay more. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's a balance and I think that people kind of get caught up in like, Oh, well this is my one specific thing that I want to do as opposed to like, okay, how can I make it possible to do this thing and do other things? Yeah, that's the, I was thinking about that honestly today as I was, I just redid my website, um, and just relaunched it this week actually. So, um, be, you know, feel free to check that out yeah. uh, at your convenience. But I was thinking about it, and my work is kind of broad. I, you know, we in my world, in the commercial photography world, if you're living in a major city, and I, I, I would, you know, that New York, L.A., Chicago, um, 
the, the rule of thumb is, is focus, specialize, and be the best that you can at, at that particular thing. Mm-hmm. Because you are competing with so many people and, and the volume and the, and the sheer um, amount of competition that you have, you have to break through the noise and you have to be like, there's a reason why Annie Leibovitz gets a call and Dan Winters and Miller Mobley and, you know, some of these names and these people for certain things because they're just really, really that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a smaller market, which I would consider Nashville, um, not necessarily small, but um, we don't have 10 million people living here. Right. Um, and, and we don't have a lot of... Um, advertising agencies and brands or businesses that are based here you have to be diverse Mm -hmm. and i or at least i feel that way and i enjoy being diverse i enjoy being able to shoot um you know a michelob ultra campaign for an advertising advertising agency out of chicago a couple weeks ago to shooting portraits in my studio of an artist just because i feel like it yeah and so um I feel like you you have to be diverse, but your work still has to be consistent Mm -hmm. um, in in some way, um, whether it's the way you shoot the images or your tones, the way you edit. um, All of that's important. So people want to know what they're getting when they're calling you. They don't want to pick up the phone and, and, you know, say, we've got a $300,000 budget and we don't know what we're going to get from you when we hire you. They, They can't take that. Mm-hmm. They can't take that risk. Um, so they need to know and see visually right. um, kind of what they're going to get and yeah. be comfortable in doing that. Yeah. When you started out, was a lot of that stuff, that, like content that you had to come up with on your own and for free and all that? Kind of. It- yeah. I get in a lot of trouble here in Nashville by younger photographers who, um, you know, the word free is a, is, is a, is a, is a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if someone asks me to work for free, I'm probably going to tell them no. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and, I, and I've been pretty consistent about that even year one um, because this is a profession and right. it's, it's, it's my livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hearing people say, well, you'll get a lot of exposure. Um, yeah, that's possible. Um but is it exposure that's going to eventually pay my bills and how fast and quickly will that exposure turn into real money? Um, I did shoot a lot of things for free Mm -hmm. when I was building my portfolio, but it was on my terms. And um, I think one of the mistakes that I see a lot of photographers making, especially younger photographers, and I say younger, newer to the industry, um, one, they are typically trying to do too many things. They're, they're a photographer, they're a songwriter, they're, they work at a barista parlor. You know, they're, they're trying to do too many things and they don't understand the value of what they are um, trying to accomplish when it comes to, to one creative entity. Mm-hmm. Um, I always use the example of professional golfers because I, I shot a lot of golf and I saw the people that were the best have been doing this since they were kids and they didn't do anything else. Right. They didn't have part-time jobs. They, they just practice, 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 play, practice, play, practice, play. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't spend half their day doing other things. They just figure out a way to live cheaply yeah. and, and go earn money by playing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's the same thing. If you're, if you're just tucked in a room writing songs all day and you're not doing anything else, 
then you're getting better at writing songs. Right. And I think Nashville, for the for the amount of creativity and creators here, it gets some of that gets lost because there's too many people trying to do too many things. Everybody here is a photographer. Everybody here is a videographer. Everybody here is a singer songwriter. Yeah. And it's and it and it it just dilutes the 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 their ability to get better at any one thing. Right. Um, and I know I've kind of gone on a tangent there, but um, I think it's important to always say this. It's um, when I tell people you shouldn't work for free, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do things you're passionate about on your own terms because I built half of my portfolio or, or at least my early portfolio on shoots that I offered to do for free. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, one example is um, I was at the Bluebird and I heard this artist sing and I was like, I need to take this person's portrait. Mm-hmm. They look cool. I like their sound. I don't know how I'm going to make this happen. So I approached them and I said, hey, I would love to take your portrait. I'm a photographer from Florida. I haven't moved to Nashville yet. Um, but I just really like, you know, I, I like the way you sound and you've got an interesting look. Would you be interested in this? And, of course, they are very complimentary because they're getting some content for nothing. Yeah. And so usually the answer is yes when it comes to aspiring singer-songwriters. Right. I've, I have not seen too many people that turn things down. Um for free, but it's on my terms. Yeah. It's what I want to do. I control it. I control the way it's done. They're getting the best. If they don't like it, they don't have to use it. Yeah. Um, as opposed to someone saying, Hey, it'd be a really good opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I've got a song on country radio that I've wrote and you know, it might be on country radio in Nowheresville, USA. Yeah. And, and the, the, the photographer's like, Oh my gosh, this is my big break. Yeah. Well, it probably isn't. Yeah. And you have to be, you have to be real conscious in, in who you photograph and, and how you do it because eventually you'll get known as the person who's really cheap Yeah. and you never get through that. Yeah. And, um, and it's really hard to break out of that. And if you start that way, I mean, there's a lot of people that say, oh, you're just too expensive. Well, I'd rather have that reputation and still get work than be the person someone calls every time they're needing something for $100 or $200 because I have a lot of money invested in time and I have an assistant and she has to be paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for me to do things, typically if someone comes to me and they don't have much of a budget, but I feel like it, it accomplishes one of three things, which is, Either they're just a really interesting person to me. I really like their hustle or what they're doing. I wish I, I wish they had a budget, but I believe in what they're doing. Yeah. I might do it, and I'll typically do it for nothing. Mm. I'll say, look, you, you save your money for when the time's right. Just remember that I'm yeah. doing you this solid because, yeah. you know, we... <laughs> We all know how that happens because I've been passed over on those before too. But, <laughs> but you just, you, I like to help people. Yeah. And I'd rather them save their money, let's go shoot something and create for the sake of creating, than them giving me $200, which hurts them, doesn't really affect me because yeah. I've, I've now done it for so much less that the next time they're going to come to me and say, I only have $300, can you do it? And it's like, I just can't. Yeah. Um, uh, so if, if it's somebody I believe in and it's somebody I think would really be fun to shoot, it's mm-hmm. something fulfilling, I think, right. um, that's one criteria. Two is if the money's really good, um, I'm going to probably sell out and be yeah. a capitalist and go, whatever you want. You yeah. want to sit on railroad tracks and with your guitar on a couch? Actually, for everybody listening, I will never shoot that. Just so if you ever call and have that idea, that is not anything you're going to... I'm just going to say no. 
Um, Dang it. There was some tracks up the I, road. I know. I thought, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Maybe after this. No, no. <laughs> Um, and, or, or, or is it something that would be good for my portfolio Mm -hmm. or something good for my site? That's something good for me to show. Um, I can't get into too much specifics of what I'm about to kind of talk about, but there's an opportunity coming up in the next few months that I was approached to do that. It, it, it needs to, it, it needs to be something where there's a budget involved However, the organizers who were very excited about it have now figured out that they need that money that they applied for this photo component Mm -hmm. and use it for something else, which typically happens. The first thing that gets pulled out of most budgets is creative or advertising or marketing because they're not real budgets. Mm -hmm. They're not real. They're not tied to someone's salary or the cost of uh, the electricity or the things that you need to produce something. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it kind of fell off the radar and now it's back on the radar and they're trying to find a sponsor now to cover and offset the expense of having me be this person that documents this pretty amazing epic thing. Mm -hmm. So it's up to me now. It's if we don't find it, what do I do? Because this would be a scenario where I would probably do it right um and it hurts my heart to say that out loud because of the money that's floating around and the money that's being tossed at this entire project that said the opportunity to shoot some of the people who will be captive uh for me to Mm -hmm. photograph absolutely worth it for my portfolio right so i have to be very conscious of how this works i have to do everything in my power to get a budget whether it's me going out and finding yeah a sponsor which is something i've already started to do mm-hmm. um and, and we're not talking a small amount either so for me to go to some brand and say we need lots of thousands of dollars yeah. to pull this off because it's such an op- a great opportunity for you for Whatever it is, mm-hmm. they have to see value in it, right. and then they kind of get. They probably say, "Well, we have a photographer, and they'll do it for nothing." Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge of of this industry: is you have to play chess and not checkers. Right. Because yeah. I could come up with a great idea, and they could give it to someone else in house, and then I lose yeah. this opportunity. So, so I don't even know. I'm just rambling. I'm looking at a plate <laughs> no, of cookies. By stuff. the way, cookies. You can have some. There are cookies I mean, here we can eat cookies. at this at this. Um, Kind of the studio, right? My in-house studio. <laughs> it was very nice, by the way. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, no, that's all good stuff. I feel like, I feel like life is chess, not checkers. I feel like if you kind of figure out a way to navigate through life, and I don't know, you have to make a lot of choices on a daily basis that it, affect you. So it's, and you have to think about it in a way. My assistant, um, Laurel Higman, she's, um, I'm assuming will listen to this at some point. She's a fantastic asset. Um, I'm very blessed to have her be part of my team. And I think the w- one of the things she's learning is it's it's a slow play. It's a slow roll. It's, it's some things happen pretty quickly. Um, other things um, are calculated and most things are calculated. There's a reason why I go to certain events mm-hmm. there is a reason why i make an appearance at a thing there's a reason why i don't send something one day and send it the next day there's mm-hmm. a reason why uh, i mean it, it, you have to be almost that calculated because you are playing chess you are trying 
to get across the board in a way that makes these clients um, think of you as their idea versus you coming across as a salesperson right. and being too pitchy. Mm-hmm. And and I think I, I probably learned that in my previous life in corporate America before I became a photographer. It was sometimes it would take. I mean, it has taken. It's taken me years to cultivate relationships. Mm-hmm. I've been shooting full time since uh, January of 2011. And there are clients that I have not worked for yet that I continually am sending an email to or sending a a letter to or uh, trying to get them to pay attention so that when it does become, um, it's when the opportunity does arise and they need that help, I want to be who they think of. Yeah. You're at their list. Yeah. Yeah. Staying relevant, being on top of mind. Yeah. I just sent 50 uh, custom promos out last week um, that was a significant investment in not only time and money. And, you know, my goal is to get one job out of the deal. Mm-hmm. I sent it to 50 different advertising agencies. And, you know, one job would more than pay for what I invested in that. Um, but it's not only that. It's it's just to remind the people that, that are in this industry Hey, I remember. I, I see. I see what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I'd love to be part of your team. Mm-hmm. And you hope that they have that that moment where they go, "Who was that guy that sent us this, that really cool thing yeah. a couple months ago that had this project?" Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, where's he? He's in Nashville. Well, I'm sure he'll go wherever. Because by the way, anybody listening, I, my camera takes pictures anywhere. <laughs> um, uh, regionally, we tend to get a little pigeonholed into people only hiring us for the region, but I travel uh, all over the world to, to do what I do. Um, so you have to convince them of that too. Mm-hmm. You got to, you know, is it worth the expense to hire somebody here um, to go somewhere else where there's right. photographers in New York or LA or Chicago or Des Moines, Iowa or wherever the job takes you. Yeah. So staying on top of mind, staying relevant. Um, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard, especially with the amount of, of contacts and the amount of clients that you accumulate over the years. Uh, I do this thing every, uh, well, twice a year, um, or at least I like to try to do it twice a year. And I'll do two or three of these portfolio reviews annually, um, whether it be, again, the bigger cities, New York, Chicago, LA, it's kind of where the core of my work comes from. Um, whether it be New York, where a lot of the editorial is coming from. So a lot of your magazines are based mm-hmm. there. Chicago's more at ad agencies, Midwest. And then LA is mostly ad agencies. Um, you know, if you think about most of your publishing is coming from New York. All your ma- major magazines are typically coming out of New York. So when I go to New York, I'm meeting with uh, anybody that I can, but it's usually where all the, the magazine comp- you know, magazines are. So you're meeting with photo editors. That's a different meeting than when you're having a meeting with, with art buyers and art producers and the people who are making the decisions to bring you in to to put a bid together on a job that they're calling you about for their client, which Mm -hmm. is typically the brand or the, or the company. Um, and, um, that happens, um, two or three times a year. I'll, I'll make that trip and I bring an actual printed portfolio, show them relevant work, recent work Mm -hmm. and, and cross my fingers that I'm make some kind of lasting memory with them. Right. But, on the other hand, you meet with 40 or 50 or 60 people. For me, it's hard to remember 
who I yeah. showed my work to, uh, you know, unless there's some just immediate connection. So yeah. you do that two or three times a year. That's several hundred contacts over 10 years or six years. And you're like in the thousands and you're just trying to, when was the last time I emailed such and such at such and such? And you're like, mm-hmm. it's been years. Yeah. And they might have moved. They might have gone on another <laughs> yep. job. And then you got to track else. down the emails. And that's, that's, thank you, Laurel, for chasing all that down. Get this. She hates spreadsheets, but she's, she's good at it. Uh, I want to kind of take it like more like you're on set. And we, we kind of had this discussion before we started, but like we're, because my, of course, everything always feels the need to work until you need it to work. And then it kind of falls apart. So how do you handle yourself in those scenarios? I feel like you just have to, for me, anyway, you got to have them and then learn from them and get better at them. But do you have, like, meditate? What is your... <laughs> no, I, I learned that when I was in corporate America, I was uh, worked with a national healthcare company. And we, we, we took care of people. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you take care of people, you, you need people to take care of people. And... Anytime you're dealing with people or technology, I feel like it's the same thing. <laughs> Something's going to go wrong. Yeah. It's going to go wrong. And if you can just accept that not everything's going to go the way you planned it, um, and most of the time that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I found on most of my shoots, like if, if, if everything went the way I wanted it to go, I would have not had this amazing moment over here. I would not have this amazing location over here. Um and when it comes to specifically technology and or or people, you have to be able to adapt. You have to be able to pivot and you have to have a relaxed smile on your face that you've got it all under control when inside you are screaming and trying to not let anybody see it. And I feel like if nothing else, I, I that's an asset that I have. You don't see too much panic on my face. Um, ever, uh, mainly because I've been there before. I mm-hmm. think, and I, and I think that has a lot to do with. It. I think if you're younger and your lights aren't working and you're on location and you don't, guess what? You don't panic. You have this bright, brilliant idea that you're going to go shoot outside and you're going to get next to a light source and you're going to make, uh, as we say, I like to say a lot, we you polish a turd. <laughs> you know, you have to figure out. You know how to get something relevant for your client, and and unfortunately, I'm very blessed that I get to work with assistants and very talented people, and and I know not everybody has that um, luxury, and I didn't until I started. I got to a certain place in my career where I could afford that, and um, when you work with better people, you find solutions to problems that you faced previously, mm-hmm. and then when you're on your own the next time, you have a way to get out of that pickle mm-hmm. that you're in. And um, it can be, for me, I like to use a lot of, of light um, strobes. And so if a strobe's not working, well, you have to have a backup. If your camera's not working, you have to have a backup. And uh, If something breaks on set, I've had it happen, you have to have a backup. And um, it could, that could be, I say, a backup. It could be a cord. It could be a cable. It could be a radio transmitter that sh- makes your lights go off. It could be the connection it could be a myriad of things. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a problem solver, especially in my line of work, um, you better have problem solvers with you. Yeah. Um, and I, I just feel like I've always been blessed at figuring out 
um, a way to make things happen, even in the worst environments. And sometimes it works your favor. Um, I had a shoot over the summer, when was this? Maybe April or May, um, with an apparel brand called Head Down, Eyes Up, which is owned by a country artist named Chase Rice. And it was a two-day shoot, and everything we had planned to do on day one um, started to fall, it started raining. And, and we had six models, five models, and we're paying them whether they do work or not. We had everybody sitting there and I said, well, guess what? We're going to do what we plan to do tomorrow afternoon now. And we had to pivot. We went to the studio. We shot all of the e-commerce, the stuff of them in the studio. And that actually opened up a window for us the next day to get more content, uh, lifestyle type content that we wanted uh, to push out. And it gave us the time to get all the e-commerce stuff. We, we really didn't give ourselves enough time to get what we needed done in day two when we quickly realized that when we did it on day one. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just, you have to make that call. Yeah. And, and the client's looking at you like, what do we do? And you just have to, you have to be the general. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I like that responsibility because... Um, it, it's it's something I've learned, and it's 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 also something I'm still learning. Um, I don't know everything, and you but you have to be decisive. You right. can't be wishy washy on it, and and I think that's where um, I see a lot of younger photographers that just can't make decisions mm-hmm. or people, yeah. people in general. Mm-hmm. You know, bad decisions better no decision, and um, you know you just make one and move forward. At right. least you made an attempt, yeah, instead of just being paralyzed by whatever event Here, is happening yeah. in front of you. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, what would we have done today? We would have used our iPhones. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and, and, and yeah. guess what? You would have gotten what you needed. Exactly. So. Yeah. Awesome. I, um, let me think, is there anything else you want to add that you feel like you, I haven't touched on? I feel like, I feel like I know you and I talk to you all the time. So like yeah. here, I'm just like, oh. What are things about Jason? Like, there's a lot of things about you that I feel like people should know that I feel like I haven't. I'm a really, bit of like... an anomaly. I really, the more I, the older <laughs> I get, I, I have, I had a birthday a couple of weeks ago, and I, I was like, man, if people only like, I, I need to write all this stuff down because it is kind of fascinating the things that I've gotten to do in my time here on the planet. Um, you know, it's like, it, what is it? Two truths and a lie. Like, if I told you like ten things, would yeah. you be able to pick? You know, the one thing that's not true. Like, I mean. Let's do it. Go. Yeah. Do five. five. Okay. Five just really weird and bizarre things that I've done or just five cool things that are in one of, should we make one of them a lie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you need more. I mean, if you have that many cool things, go 10. I don't know. Like I, I, (laughs) well, um, I uh, played football for the University of Florida in the mid nineties and have an SEC championship ring. I... Um, have photographed Muhammad Ali. I photographed Barack Obama. Um, I have been on stage with um, George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic on New Year's. Um, I have, uh, let's see, what else? I have, man, I don't know. I mean, I've got probably 20 things I could think of, but I bring now I'm blanking. Uh, <laughs> Like the weirdest things, like sometimes it's like, what, what happened? I have done feats of strength with Kid Rock and ended up at his house up on a hill one night. Um, yeah, just kind of weird things. I'm like, is this my life? Like, 
how did I, how did this happen? Like, how did I get these opportunities? And, and I say some of them were opportunities. Some of them were just kind of weird, fun things. But, yeah. But they all were a result of being out and being aware. And, you know, my playing career at the University of Florida was brief, um, but it was important. Mm-hmm. It, it, it definitely gave me, um, I don't know, a cool factor that I used for the first 10 years of wearing an SEC ring around. People are like, oh my gosh, you did this. Like, I didn't play that much, but but I practiced a Fair, lot with yeah. really cool people. Um, but it took a lot of work for me to get there. I went to yeah. the University of Southern Mississippi my freshman year. Always, I grew up near Gainesville, so I always wanted to get back to Florida, and and I transferred back to Florida and were, was there um, for a couple seasons. And you know, um, I don't know. It, it it feels like a lifetime ago, but it, it was, you know. Like, I forget about some of yeah. these parts of my life. Uh, I worked for a national healthcare company, uh, wore a suit and tie every day, no beard. Um, Which is so great. Like, trying to picture you oh, I as wish that I could. person is uh, so crazy to me because it's like. I had, and I don't, I must have deleted it. I'm going to have to find it. There's a picture of me from high school, um, my junior year, and I show people, and they're like, Who is this? This is your brother? I'm like, no. Um, the many is... lives of Jason Myers. It's weird. For the it, record, all yeah. of those were true, right? All of those are true. Yeah. I was um, in my head, I was like, I know a few of those. So like I knew which ones were Yeah, were. it's I don't I don't yeah. How was the Muhammad Ali thing? How did that You know go? what? That was probably the only time I've ever been nervous for a photo shoot. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, and, and for a number of reasons. Uh, the way it went down, um, Brad Smith, who is, um, has become a friend of mine, um, he's a, another North Florida guy, went to school at the University of Florida, was, um, was um, a photographer, worked as a photographer in the White House for, uh, during the Bill Clinton years, then became a photo director and was the photo director at Sports Illustrated when I reached out to him one time in New York right before Christmas uh, several years ago. And um, we met, we had a, you know, looked at my portfolio, we showed us, she showed me around the Sports Illustrated offices, I met other editors, um, one of which um, I've gotten a job from at a different publication just recently, it took five years for that to happen, but um, well, fast forward to after giving me a couple of assignments when I moved to Nashville, uh, I get a call on a Monday saying, Hey, uh, uh, how far is Louisville from you? And I was like, it's not far at all. I can get there in a couple hours. He's like, he goes, great. I got a shoot on Wednesday. And he's like, um, it's this guy. It's like his mama called him clay. So I'm going to call him clay. And I was, and that's a line from a movie. I don't know if anybody picked up on that yet but um from uh coming to america with eddie murphy and they were referencing uh muhammad ali Mm -hmm. and his his birth name was cassius clay Mm -hmm. so i was like man i'm in i don't know what how or when but i'm in yeah and so then i i never tell people like what i'm about to shoot or or you know any projects and i made the mistake of telling ward gunther at whiskey jam (laughs) I said, I think I'm photographing Muhammad Ali for Sports Illustrated on Wednesday. <laughs> and Ward, that night at Whiskey Jam on Monday, announces it to the oh crowd <laughs> and says, by the way, Jason doesn't just shoot Whiskey Jam. He does other cool things too, like, you know, shooting Muhammad Ali for Sports Illustrated. <laughs> and I was like, no. I'm like, don't jinx this. Well, the next morning I get an email from Brad 
and he's apologizing, but the shoot um, is not going to happen, that the family would like to have Greg Heisler shoot Muhammad Ali on Wednesday, and he's, he's, you know, sorry, blah, blah, blah. Well, I have Greg Heisler's book on my coffee table. So it's to lose a job like that. I, I, oh, okay. <laughs> that said, um, on Wednesday, I'm shooting and my assistant and I were having lunch and I get a call. Anytime I see a New York number, I pick up and the, one of the editors there was like, Hey, are you still available tomorrow? I'm like, yes. I'm like, can you get to, to Louisville by some 10 a.m.? I'm like, yes. Like, okay, great. I don't know if a portrait's going to happen, but we need someone there to document this thing that's happening, um, and we'd really like for you to go. So now it's on again. Yeah. So it was on and it was off. Now it's back on. And so I'm thinking, how do I do this? Muhammad Ali's health was had deteriorated rapidly. Um, I think he passed away about six months after I photographed him. And um, family still did not want a portrait. Um, but I was going to be prepared for one mm-hmm. just in case. Uh, we got there. Well, let me back up. Um, Brad probably doesn't even know this, but uh, I was I was up all night. I was thinking how like how do I shoot this? How mm-hmm. do I make this man, you know, this legendary, heroic, iconic, controversial, strong figure who was now not strong mm-hmm. and you know in diminished health look strong? And so my brain was going through a thousand lighting setups and ideas. And then also logistically, what could we set up without offending the people who already said no portraits and setting up something off to the side and going with, we have the opportunity. So about eight o'clock or seven 30 the next morning, my phone's ringing and I'm like, hello. And my assistant Andres was like, Hey, are you picking me up? And I'm like, yeah, of course I had completely overslept. Oh, no. I jumped out of bed, had a Google Fiber t-shirt on, thrown a pair of jeans. Fortunately, I had everything I needed in the truck. Jumped in the truck, picked up Andres, and we drove to Louisville and got there. I, I didn't even shower. Oh, my gosh. I But I was, you know, I, I was up until probably 3 or 4 in the morning. Just my brain could not shut it off. Mm-hmm. And so we get there. We set up. Uh, we set up a portrait, a small portrait area. Didn't utilize it. Um and just kind of watch this whole thing unfold. Um, his wife was a sweetheart. Uh, she's like, "Get your picture with Muhammad. Muhammad, he's he's a big guy. He'll he'll he says he can take you." And I'm sitting here next to Muhammad Ali in my Google Fiber T-shirt, <laughs> barely put together. And and I'm not one that gets pictures with subjects. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not me. It's just I'm I don't I have it up in my head. I have the memory in my head and the memory of the photograph. Right. But she kept insisting, so I did. So Andres is taking a picture of us, and as she's telling him, I told, uh, you know, he says he can take you. I could see. I was close enough to him. He was wearing sunglasses and I, to help with his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I could see his eyes looking straight at me, and he lifts his, slowly lifts his hands up like, <laughs> like he's going to fight me yeah. and, like, just to let me know who the boss is. <laughs> and it was just one of those moments that like, I'll never forget. Um, it's... Uh, he, like I said, he passed away a few months later. Um, it's not the most epic shoot I've ever been on, as far as like how I've the the images. Right. Um, I do have an image of him, um, you know that that I have that I don't really show that much. But um, it's it's just one of those moments that I'm I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> 
four years ago, I was wearing a suit and I was miserable. And here I am in Nashville, you know, right here in Louisville, yeah. shooting Muhammad Ali for Sports Illustrated. Yeah. And I pinch myself. And, and, and I think that's the, for me, that's the most enjoyable thing about what I get to do or the people that I get to meet and the experience mm-hmm. that I get to have. Um, you know, just little moments. Yeah. You know, being in a corner for the CMT Artist of the Year Awards where we had to make it work. We were supposed to have a room and next thing you know, we have a corner of a room. We had a five foot by six foot corner that we had to make work. And here is very pregnant Carrie Underwood (laughs) wobbling up in a tight dress, you know, and high heels. And I'm just like, I hope she doesn't knock something over in this little tiny makeshift setup that we have. Um, And just, you know, those those memories are Mm -hmm. really what does it for me. I feel like that's, I mean, in life, that's awesome to be able to have that many moments that you can look back on and, and think that, that was a, an awesome time you know it's funny because i don't remember much of last week yeah um my parents did not take many photographs of me growing up and i think that's why i became the, the family photographer mm-hmm. my mom uh would put her finger over the camera lens and my dad would cut people's heads off so it was there's very few images, like very few photographs of me and my family, my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad passed away when I was 13, so not a lot of memories. I, but the memories I have are from the photographs. Right. And I don't know if that anyone else is like that, but I have very few memories that don't involve the visual part of it. Right. And I mean, I'm going, I'm looking through because I just redid my site. Um, shameless plug here. Uh, it's jasonmyersphoto.com yeah. and Instagram is jasonmyersphoto it's M-Y-E-R-S by the way make um, sure you get a Jason Myers hat too. yeah I've got yeah I got some new hats coming um, but like I'm looking through here and I can remember the I'm looking at my website right now folks if you know I know you're not looking <laughs> yeah. but you can follow along if you're on the site um, but I'm looking at images and I can remember the temperature of the room i can remember the the mood that the person was in i can remember the challenges that it took i mean i'm looking at an image of pk suban uh right now on my site that i took for espn the magazine and we got there two hours early and i literally had uh less than a minute as he walked in and it was a fashion story i got nine frames off and he was gone. Wow. And I got one decent frame. <laughs> and I told my editor, he goes, well, the record's six frames. So you did great. Yeah. Um, and I've since hung out with PK and, and and we laughed about it. Like, I'm like, I've spent more time with you now than I had like in that moment yeah. that I had to deliver. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's a picture of Marcus Mariota, who's the Titans quarterback. This is in a parking lot oh, wow. in Shelby Park. And it we had to make it look like a studio because we were doing stills in motion in the same day. Um, you know, so you, you never really know. Um, but I remember vividly every image and what we had and, and the challenges that we faced and where we were. And um, it's, it, that's, I don't know. That's what really does it for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, they really are like memories that are caught in, in this. They're, I, I don't know. I just, like I, it's, it's so funny because people always ask, well, who's like the most challenging, most difficult person to work with? It's like, you know, that, that I don't know, all of them and none of them, right. you know, because everybody, like everybody has expectations. Mm-hmm. There are certain people who just 
love to be photographed. Paul McDonald is one of them. Who's he's a showman. Kelsey Ballerini loves, or, or at least acts like she loves to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. But she gives you everything she has in the time you have, and it's it's not a you know, um, it, you know, some people know exactly their look. They know exactly how to pose. Young artists are still learning. Yeah. Um, you know, here's a, there's a picture of this guy sitting in front of a. Uh, Airstream, and he was our tour bus driver in Muscle Shoals for uh, American Songwriter thing that I was down there for. And I was just like, I just need to take your portrait. Yeah. And this is literally right I next to um, um, one of the famous studios down there. It's, it's, um, sometimes it's just, uh, there's a photograph of Serena Williams. I had six frames with Serena. I was shooting behind the scenes for a Delta project, and on set again one of these issues that comes up is like hey can we get a, just like a portrait of serena uh does she know because she's working doing this thing yeah and fortunately i had a relationship with her sister enough to where venus could go over and say come on just give him you know two minutes yeah and i got one decent frame and sometimes that's all it takes you don't show people your junk you yeah. show them your you know the things that you're proud of and mm-hmm. the strongest images well and that being said you have to be prepared for that too because if you get x amount of frames and you don't get a good you have to know it, yeah like... you have to be a gamer you know you <laughs> you have to know whether you got it and um and i think the more you do things mm-hmm. the more you trust your gear the more you trust yourself right you, you get better at it. It's like mm-hmm. anything else. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, do you have those moments during shoots where it's like, oh, yeah. like Oh, yeah. After the sixth time. frame, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. That's all I get. Yeah. I, that's all I need. Um, I've gotten better to where I don't overshoot things. That said, uh, that lifestyle shoot I mentioned earlier, I shot almost 6,000 frames. Oh which is in a day. Um, which was, was very unlike me. Um, but it was a different, whole different it was a whole different structure. It was, yeah. It, now, if I had done it another way, I would have probably shot less. Because mm-hmm. you um, edit your own stuff too, right? Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I do most of my own edits. Um, and you have to go through and I have to go through and like and... which are the which which are the best ten images? Yeah. From these six thousand, because you don't can't show six thousand images. You can't show a hundred. You have to. Mm-hmm. I might have only had if I had one great image from that day, I would have been happy. Right. And the morning didn't start out the way I planned it. Not much there that I really liked because I was trying to fit too much into the day. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the day and the afternoon, things just started clicking. We, we found our rhythm and we, we had some great, um, we had great weather. We had, I had a great team. Um, we had a, a great location. Um, and it, it became what was in my head and... That was, it took me a while to get there. But once we did, it it finally came together. And yeah. it that took the whole day of figuring it out and and figuring out like how I could make this like campy lifestyle vibe work and, you know, try to make it um, feel real, even though it was totally staged. <laughs> um, everything from the, you know, the, the the mugs steaming were hot water. There was no coffee in the mugs to, you know, um, the campfire was made a certain way with certain props and certain apparel um, being worn in a certain way so that it was like a morning or an yeah. afternoon or an evening. 
So, um, yeah, the more you do things um, the right way, the more you learn Mm -hmm. and the better you get at it. If you keep doing things the wrong way, you'll just be really good at doing things the wrong way. (laughs) Um, They used to say perfect practice makes perfect performance or perfect practice makes perfect performance. Yeah, I think that's right. But if you're not practicing correctly, when you get into the game, you're, you're... you're going to do it how you practiced. Mm-hmm. And the best players, the best performers, the best musicians, it's not an accident. There's very, very, very few people in the world who are just so good at what they do that they don't have to practice, that they don't have to think about things. They just go and do it, and right. they're amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's that's rare. Yeah. That is rare. Um, and we all have our off days. We all have our days. I'll look at Laurel and go, that was a turd. I, yeah, I struggled today. Yeah. But you don't let your clients know that. You don't mm-hmm. let your friends know that. You can, you know, as long as you got images that yeah. your client's happy with, maybe it's not your best work or at least what you feel is your best work. But as long as your clients are happy and you know that you should want to do better the next shoot, mm-hmm. then that's all you can ask for as a creative. Yeah. Or a person in general. Yeah. Yeah. So across the board yeah that's awesome yeah thank you so much for joining me oh thanks for having out. me yeah it's always good to see you yeah i'll talk i'll talk to a microphone <laughs> over cookies any day right yeah <laughs> yeah well you can actually eat the cookies once we're done and we won't be chomping right. anymore well on I, might, I might do that <laughs> take so. them with you i'll give you a to-go box yeah <laughs> Well, again, check out my website. Yeah. I'm not to keep plugging it, but it's no, I, I'm very. Away. It's, it's taken me about four, three years to redo it, yeah. and uh, I'm very happy with where it is right now. It's a lot of new work, um, a lot of familiar faces you might know, a lot of faces you may not. But I just really love the image, and I love yeah. how it worked into my into my edit. But um, yeah, JasonMyersPhoto.com. Check it yeah. out. Say hi to him at a whiskey jam. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, say hi on on social media too. I'm I'm trying to get better. One of my goals this year is to get better at these Instagram stories and mm-hmm. kind of show people what it's like to do what we do. Yeah. Um, because I think even for me, I wish I, I, I had to learn it. Um, and, and you see, you don't know what goes into production sometimes, and people say, oh, I just need. A photo. It's like, well, we've been setting this up for two days to get the photo. Yeah. I, I had a shoot recently, and um, there was a young photographer that I, a lot of people know in Nashville, and they were doing some painting. Um, and, you know, when we were talking about, you know, what things cost and whatever, and, you know, found out that they had done a, you know, some, some artwork for practically nothing, a few hundred dollars for an artist that had, had a number one song. Mm-hmm. And then they asked what my budget was for the shoot that we were on. And the budget was like $80,000. Now, I don't make all that money, but I made a good chunk of that. And it was one day's work. Mm -hmm. And the money's out there. Don't be afraid to chase it. And and don't be afraid to ask questions of photographers and and other creatives, not just photographers. But ask. don't be afraid to ask them and, and or me, like, what do I need to do? And when we give you advice and we give you input... Take it to the bank mm-hmm. because there's you have to pay for this advice. Yeah. You know, no one's going to just tell you the secret sauce. Like, if I tell you to go get a book or to check out a, a website or do do it. Yeah. Because I'm trying to save you the time and the errors that I made mm-hmm. and the money that I just wasted um, 
trying to figure out, you know, how to get started. And um, you, you can survive. You can you can you can do real well as a creator. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be willing to say no and work really hard. Yeah. Yeah, the last part especially. That took me a while. I still get tired sometimes. I'm like, oh, I just got to push through it because... <laughs> I'm not the best motivated, like, I'm a, I'm a pretty good procrastinator, mm-hmm. you know? That's a problem too. Because, like, when I procrastinate, my finished product is usually pretty good. So it's yeah, like I'm getting that's, rewarded that's, for something I've that always been like that, though. I've always been like that. I would cram yeah. the night before and I'd still pull it off. I don't know. Yep. Uh, you know, even in playing sports, like, you know, I was a, I had the ability to pull it off. You yeah. know, it was, yeah, it's, it, and I don't know, I don't know, I guess people just work differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm better under pressure yeah. than when I have a lot of time to think about it. And, and, and some people aren't, some people are better and they're, and they're more organized and more structured, but then when it comes time to produce, they have, they have trouble delivering. Yeah. So I don't know. There's no right, one right answer. It's yeah. just do what works best for you. Yep. But, but try to get in the same habits of, of um, understanding that, you know, hopefully we're all trying to, you know, raise the, the, the rising tide together and everybody gets better. If, and if, you know, you ask me for my opinion... And, you you know, this happens a lot with some of the younger photographers. I'm pretty blunt. Yeah. And But it's because I care about them and mm-hmm. I want them to stop making the mistakes I see them making. You know, um, if they're a wedding photographer, then be a wedding photographer. If, you know, or have two different sites if you want to be a wedding photographer and a tour photographer. Because mm-hmm. if you're showing your wedding stuff and your tour stuff on the same site... Your clients, your potential clients, have no idea who they're getting. Yeah. Um, or at least categorize them. Um, and, you know, other little things. It's just, um, you know, only show your best work. Just because you get excited. You know, like I said, I've, I photographed Muhammad Ali. It's probably not my best work. And I don't show it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the story. If somebody wants to see it, I'll show it to them. But yeah. it's not my strongest work. And I've had to learn that. Like, things you get emotionally attached to just because you shot... A blurry photo of uh, Jason Aldean at a concert from the pit, or doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. You know, so don't show it. Only show your strongest work. You know, mm-hmm. it's a reason why musicians write a lot of songs. They don't. You know, they're yep. they're they're not they're not just throwing the new song out there every week and it just getting lost in the noise. Yeah, for sure. And so. that's, I mean, yeah. I think as a creative, you. When you first start doing it, you're definitely attached to everything you create. Yeah, you're and excited. You want to show it off. We want that that reassurance and that validation that people like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But but here's the thing. You don't have to like what I do. Yeah. You don't have to like my work. I don't have to like your work. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate and respect how hard it is to do. And I can't write a song. I mean, I don't, I'm not a singer. Yeah. You know, I'm not a podcaster or a blogger <laughs> or whatever this thing's called. Blogcaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so I, but I appreciate, I can, you know, I go to the, every year I, I, when, I'm in, well, when I'm in New York, I will go to the MoMA. And it makes no sense to me. What what is art? Yeah, you know the modern art at least. Yeah. It, it, I'm like a bubbling pile of mud, people standing on a chair. Like I, I, it makes no sense to me. But you know what? To millions of people in the world, this is the most mind blowing thing they've ever seen. Yeah, you know, same thing with our, you know, we're in this music genre thing. Like, well, that's not country music, bro. 
you know what? It, so what? You don't have to like it. Yeah. You don't have to listen to it. Somebody, it's resonating with somebody, and apparently it's resonating with millions and millions yeah. and millions of people. Because I know a lot of people who are doing really, really well as songwriters and as artists, and on on a genre that is maybe more pop than than yeah. traditional. 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s country music from what mm-hmm. people know. So it's it's subjective. Art is, is subjective. Yep. Um, everything we do is subjective. What we put on, what we wear, how we do our hair. I don't have hair, by the way, but <laughs> other people do their hair. Your how beard, they get how dressed you do your up. Beard. <laughs> yeah, my beard oil is like you know if I if I like a beard oil uh, by the Roosevelts. There's a nice little shameless plug. Um, you know, so so understanding that not everybody's going to like everything you do. Once you can get to that point and you start creating things for yourself and stop trying to be other people mm-hmm. is when things get fun, get really fun. Yeah. Because yeah. then it becomes you. Yeah. And it's yours. Yeah. So. I feel like that's, a, yeah, we'll leave you with that. That was final thought. That's yeah, good. Final thoughts. I like that. Final <laughs> thoughts. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you guys so sure. much for listening. Go follow Jason. Um, I'll make sure I'll, I put all of his stuff out there so you guys can see it. Um, yeah. We'll keep you on your Instagram live and Instagram yeah, stories. We'll make you that's gonna get step better. it up. Yeah, that's going to get better. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you.